everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Football with Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, a.k.a. AJ. And I'm Mozzie, uh, also known as Scott. <laughs> so today this is our first podcast we've done. We're just going to go through some stuff, talk about studs and duds, injury news, waiver wire pickup, everything you need to know to win your league. So Yeah, we'll be, uh, yeah go for it. All right, so some stuff that um, surprised us this week would, uh, well, for me, um, Amari Cooper's breakout definitely surprised me. He had a decent matchup with Kansas City based on how they work against receivers, but I don't think I expected 35-plus points. Uh, no, that was that was pretty insane. I don't think anybody was expecting him to do that well. Though, I, though you did have it right. The Kansas City Chiefs have given up a lot of points to wide receivers and quarterbacks. Though they have been winning games, they have been giving those points up. Yeah, so do you, surprised. Oh yeah, Mark Mark Ingram was a, a good one. I he was kind of surprising. I I think he can keep it up though. I don't know if Cooper can keep up this level of production. He might not go back to his his zero again, but he'll definitely be you know startable again. You don't have to sit him on your bench and wait forever now. Yeah, it begs the question to know, is uh, Derek Carr back to what we're used to seeing versus what we've been sort of getting this year with the injuries and sort of poor performance overall, honestly. Yeah, and his schedule, so he's got, see, Buffalo this week, that's a tougher one. He's got Miami, then a bye, then New England. So a couple of them aren't too bad. Um, his playoff schedule is pretty good. Uh, weeks 14, 15, 16, he's got Casey, Dallas, and Philly. So if you're... Uh, if, you, if you're looking ahead to the playoffs, you know you're competing. That's that's a quarterback you might want to try to target still. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so who, who else uh, surprised you this week? I don't know if it was a surprise, but Melvin Gordon really just kind of stunk it up this week. Ooh, to yeah. me, that wasn't too big of a surprise, even though he is probably, at least in most leagues, a top 10 running back. I actually sat him in my homer league, which is sort of – a weird thing to think about because in most leagues you can't afford to sit someone like Melvin Gordon but I actually I saw uh, with Fournette going out I went ahead and grabbed Ivory and put Gordon on the bench because I really just didn't think he would do well and while <laughs> Ivory himself didn't perform that admirably uh, Gordon ended up getting what a measly five points or something yeah We've, we've seen this from him before. Sometimes he'll go up and down, but you, you don't expect this big of a down with all the volume he gets. Right, exactly. He does get you know upwards of 20 touches a game, but against the Denver defense, too, eh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Um, for me, the, the biggest surprise, um, especially given the health of his teammates, was Aaron Jones. I, uh, I did not expect him to way out snap Ty Montgomery. I thought Ty Montgomery was healthy now. It seemed right. like it would be a pretty even split, but Aaron Jones came out and just ran better. He looks like more of a typical running back. Yeah, you wouldn't think he's a, a rookie with the way he was playing, and basically Ty Montgomery's injury just kind of set him up. I was definitely expecting Montgomery to come back, at least split carries with him and, and probably get the majority of them, but it was almost Aaron, Aaron Jones all day. And if he's somehow still out there, I mean, you got to spend most of your your fat budget on him or top priority on him. But he's probably already owned. Yeah, at this point, if he's not picked up, go ahead and grab him, um, especially with Brett Hundley there. 
Heck, you know, they're going to be looking to have some kind of run game. And then, um, so along with some surprises, kind of go into our studs and duds as far as people who, you know, won you your week or, you know, crapped the bed and lost you your week. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, for for me, <laughs> against, <laughs> against uh, Scott this past week was yeah, a true yeah. stud, uh, highest scorer this week, um, 40 points for uh, in pretty much every format. It's oof. This this is what you hope for when you when you drafted him. You you didn't know you'd have him the whole year, which it's looking like you might have him the whole year. And he's uh, like if you got him, you know, end of the second, kind of he's turning out to be the league winner for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I ironically have him in a different league as well and had to play against him at the same time in this league and uh yeah his 40 points that either buried you or uh, it gave you the win more or less oh yeah that was no fun to deal with yeah do you have any other uh running back studs you want to bring up as far as running backs go uh, uh the jacksonville game was sort of interesting uh tj yelled it oh Absolutely. man yeah Dominated there. Um, a lot of his points did come off of one run. I believe he had what, like a huge touchdown run there. But Chris Ivory really kind of was lackluster. I think a lot of people were expecting him to sort of be the number one back, and it almost Yeldon kind of took over. Not sure the fantasy relevance with that going forward, but it might have changed the depth chart a little bit on Yeldon being the three and now maybe being the two. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of a tough situation now where you had Fournette. You were thinking, oh, Ivory's the handcuff. But Yeldon comes out. He was highly drafted, I believe. And you, you see kind of what what he can really bring to the table. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a like a Mark Ingram thing. He comes out of Alabama, takes a bit to get going, and then eventually like you see what he can do. Um, so if I'm a Fournette owner, I, I maybe – if I have the room – I hold one of these guys. Um, if not, it might be best to kind of just take a shot at it if you need to replace him. But the the Jags seem to be pretty cautious with him. He's getting two weeks of rest with the bye now. And uh, he'll probably be good to go for the rest of the year. But it kind of depends on the league. If you're PPR, Ivory might be good because, you know, he's more of the pass catcher. But Yeah, it does seem to get a few more catches. Mm-hmm. All right, so... As far as receiving studs, um, we already discussed Mari Cooper. Um, oh, yeah. Kenny Stills was a big one. He, oh, yeah. Uh, he really came through. Um, last year we saw with uh, when Devontae Parker was out, he was kind of the focal point of their offense. And him and Matt Moore have had a connection, too. When it's been Matt Moore at quarterback, Kenny Stills has been the, um, the recipient of those uh, nice high-end backup caliber tosses. Yeah, there's always sort of been that weird little connection you get between the backup quarterback and, like, the second teamers Mm -hmm. because you end up – what happens is you have the backup quarterback. When they practice, they end up playing not with – not always the number one wide receivers there with the first team. So you see someone like Kenny Stills and Matt Moore have a good rapport. I will say that there is definitely some – Danger there in overvaluing Kenny Stills simply because I know a lot of uh, Jets fans were rather upset with Buster's <laughs> performance uh, in coverage there. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, an easy target to pick on. I think he had one good week maybe where he made a nice play or two, but he's, he's definitely someone that quarterbacks try to pick on. 
right? And likewise, uh, Landry, Landry uh, was able to have a pretty good week still with Matt Moore there, which I think is important. I don't think his value is going to diminish a whole lot with the quarterback change. Um, yeah, I but, think uh, yeah. that uh, Matt Moore is I, – I I'm not even going to say a downgrade. I wouldn't say an upgrade. Moore just kind of like a sidestep from, from Cutler. He's going to keep the offense pretty much on the same pace that Cutler was um, in that first part of the game. Which shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Given uh, Cutler, as long as he's not smoking cigarettes on the sideline, I think we're at an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, smoking J. <Jay. laughs> those, those are some great A memes. <laughs> so with uh, with those two though, what I I mean, Jarvis Landry seems to be to be clearly the more sustainable one. Kenny Stills can definitely be you know a matchup guy, or if Landry's got it like a top notch corner on him, it's also an option too. But um, if if Devonte Parker's in, I don't know how much you can trust Stills. I definitely think Stills is your deep guy now. I think uh, as far as you know, the boomer bust sort of uh, cliche they always seem to drill, but he really does sort of fit the mold as being the guy that's going to get the deep ball. Whereas Landry PPR formats should definitely sustain with a lot of catches. Mm-hmm. And then quarterback studs. I mean, obviously you had both in the Thursday night game, but if, um, if, you, if you avoided the Thursday night game and um, you, you went with um, kind of a low end QB one, or you just replaced Aaron Rodgers, you probably were happy with Kirk Cousins production. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's been in like, the, the mid-20s pretty much every game. He's the quarterback seven right now that's with the bye. He's in, a, in our league where he does a five, uh, pass, like five-point passing touchdowns. I mean, it's he's averaging 22 a game for me. I mean, it's it's a really ideal situation, and you see that it doesn't really matter who he's throwing to. He's, I mean, he's not locking it on one guy. He's going to, like, he's proven to be a good quarterback. He's going to get it done. Yeah, in fact, I'd have to ask who is even getting these passes thrown to because we saw Terrell Pryor just sort of, what, he have one catch by the end of the night? And he kind of just spread the ball around a lot. He clearly likes Chris Thompson a lot as his little safety net. Um, Chris Thompson seems to be pretty consistent. Got another had another very solid week at 15 or so, depending on what league you're in. Yeah, the, the tight ends for Washington, I mean, Vernon Davis, is clearly showing he's still got it. And Jordan Reed won healthy. It's it's hard not to, to like him or play him. He's he's such a difference maker that when he's 80% or more, if you've got him on your team, you've got him in your lineup. What is it? Yes. Yeah. 12 of Kirk's 30 completions went to tight end. It's, yeah, it's hard to believe Vernon Davis. I feel like I've been hearing his name forever. <laughs> still, still putting up numbers, man. He's going. I mean, some of these tight ends have some good staying power um who else would you throw out as a qb stud this week yeah so russell wilson i think had a great week uh he put up 334 and had three touchdowns against the new york giants and i you know going into the game i really thought the giants were actually going to surprise a little bit their defense have been playing really well uh, Janoris Jenkins, obviously one of the top safeties in the league and their defensive front is just phenomenal and they're going against Russell Wilson in that horrible offensive line, but the they honestly were able to protect him a lot. Um, and Russell Wilson put up 26 this week against on the like on the road in New York. 
Uh, pretty, really good performance from Russell Wilson. He's definitely one of my studs for this week. Yeah, he's he's starting to he's starting to show kind of what you hoped for when you drafted him. He'll he'll still have some of those weeks where he doesn't give you quite what you need, but he's got the potential to just blow up and win you a week. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think Russell Wilson might start to hit that QB one form we were sort of waiting for. He had a flash or two against Indianapolis you know, a couple of weeks ago, which is, you know, it's Indianapolis. But starting forward, I think uh, Russell Wilson can be pretty reliable at QB. Yeah, I, I agree. And then um, one more I want to throw out there just uh, for your sake mostly is Josh McCown. He's been pretty huh. consistent in the last few games, um, especially New England and Miami. Then he's got Atlanta coming up. I think you got to keep streaming him. I mean, matchup-based probably, but... I, this is a guy who isn't going away, and I don't. I don't think this is a blip on the radar. I think this is something that he continues to do. Where if you're streaming quarterbacks, you got to look at Josh McCown. Well, you know the thing is, is he's so um, he's such a veteran of the game at this point, and he's had some pretty bad seasons, but he's always seems to just be on the worst team imaginable. And believe it or not, the Jets' offensive line is fairly decent. They're giving him not like pro you know, uh, protection, but they are giving him enough time to just complete some basic throws. He's getting the ball deep to Robbie Anderson. They have some playmakers, believe it or not. And he can get his check downs to Paul Powell. McCown's looking like a fairly streamable option. If you have a pretty good matchup, that is, you know, I wouldn't start them against one of the top defenses, but yeah, I agree. And then lastly, on to tight ends. Um, Biggest stud of the week, top scorer, would be O.J. Howard. Now, I this is definitely not sustainable. I mean, Cameron Braid even put up, like, a respectable week. Six for 60 on nine targets. That's he, He's the number one guy. This is this was a blip on the radar for O.J. Howard. We saw him catch a touchdown back in week four against the Giants, but it's, it's the Giants. They let every tight end score. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying into it. Um while I do think O.J. Howard will eventually be probably one of the focal points of the offense, he has the look of a Zach Ertz type. Those, if you watch those touchdowns that he got, he's untouched oh, yeah. them straight up. The second touchdown, there's nobody within like 30 yards of the guy. Yeah, he, they, they set him up as a blocker, and then everyone just kind of like forgot about him on defense. Buffalo was like, oh, he's not on the field. This, this is a mascot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's not sustainable. The obviously the Zach Ertz is the sustainable stud. He's oh god, if, yeah. I would have I would I would take. I mean, he's the number one tight end right now over total points. But I would take him over Gronk or Kelsey personally because I know uh, as I may not get those thirty point weeks, but I won't get any of those like two point weeks. Yeah, I think you're pretty much set that Zach Ertz is going to get you about ten points a game as his floor. He just is such a big part of the offense. Uh, Zach, uh, Carson Wentz loves Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, Zach Ertz has been there a little longer than him. He started to develop himself. I mean, the Washington wasn't necessarily terrible against the tight end, and he he just kind of well, he gets 17, depending on what league. Yeah, and uh, half PPR he got a 17.4, which uh, he he's getting you a touchdown most most weeks. So far, yeah, four of the seven weeks he's gotten at least a touchdown. It's it's someone you can definitely rely on. 
Yeah, sure. it's a, something I've definitely noticed with the Eagles team is they're just huge. They're <laughs> just a really big team. Carson Wentz is, you know, I think you know, six five, six six. Zach Ertz is at least six four. And then even in watching, Carson Wentz throws that ball really high, and it's mostly just the size of his receivers able to come down with them to go up and get those balls. Zach Ertz is playing really well. He's 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 the best guy in my opinion um any other tight ends you want to you want to bring up for performing exceptionally well this week um jared cook seemed to do all right which uh could have just been a product of the kansas city not really being able to stop anything Derek Carr threw that day but he 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 looked all right he's kind of bounced around in a lot of different teams it's hard to consider his performance uh, sustainable but he might be another decent option moving forward if the matchup is there. I agree, I agree. So on to some duds. Um, we'll just give you one at each position. Um, I'll start with the, the quarterback duds. Let's see. I mean, aside from injuries, you know, Carson Palmer, the like. I, I don't know if I'd I, I call Matt Ryan a dud, but Matt, Marcus Mariota was definitely the dud huh, this week. Yeah, oh, Marcus, really? Uh, yep. All right. Well, we both agree on the, on the dud there. So, I mean matchup was perfect cleveland cannot stop anyone McCordy was out i mean he had the makings of a 30-point game and he just gave you nothing right i mean it's one of those classic questions where you ask yourself did the titans play really poorly or did the browns play really well (laughs) it's the browns defense isn't terrible but you that you would expect a lot more a hell of a lot more than 8.9 points out of Mariota, and the problem is they just sometimes they can win games without Marietta throwing a single touchdown. Yeah, it's this Tennessee team has been weird this year. They've they've been so up and down. Um, I don't know how much you can trust Marietta going forward. He's on bye this week, and then he's got Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. No, is, no favorable right. matchups. And then week twelve, uh, he's got Indy. He's he's got if you if you have the room to stash him, his last five games he's got Indy, Houston, Arizona, San Fran and the Rams in week 12 through 16. If you can grab him and hold on or maybe pull a trade for him before your deadline, he can be a guy who really comes through for you for the end. But for the next, like, four weeks, I want nothing to do with him. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, Matt Ryan is another dud that is worth mentioning. That uh, Patriots-Falcons game was a serious letdown offensively, at least from the Falcons' standpoint. Not really sure what happened there. The Patriots have had almost, you know, uncharacteristically the worst defense in the league, and it's not really been much of a debate. And they held the Falcons to seven points, and I do think a little bit has to do with the Falcons' offense. I don't know how much of that. I mean, clearly some of it is the Patriots' defense stepping up, but I think a large part of that is they do miss Kyle Shanahan, don't they? Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian is just not getting it done for them. Then they got the whole Super Bowl hangover. They they got Julio involved at the end, but it was garbage time. They they have to find ways to get their best players the ball more. Right. I mean, Freeman not getting enough. Coleman and Julio aren't getting enough. They, I mean, Taylor Gabriel, who was you know a stud the last half of last year, they're oh, finding yeah. zero ways to get him involved. There's just it's just not clicking. And I mean. They've never really used a tight end. I haven't expected much from Hooper anyway, but if if their defense isn't able to hold up, they've they've got to find more ways to do it. And for now, I mean, 
how much can you trust Matt Ryan and the Falcons? I mean, the Jets next week is a fine matchup. That might be their get-right game. Yeah. But after yeah. that, they've got Carolina, Dallas, and Seattle games where if they don't blow up against the Jets, I don't want to touch them. Yeah, yeah. that's a game where if Matt Ryan can't get 20 points on the New York Jets, then it might be time to not consider him your yeah. number one starting quarterback. Yeah, and for me, if if I'm a team where I've got you know, Matt Ryan, and then I have to get, like, Carson once late, or I've got a decent second option. If if Matt Ryan has a good game against the Jets, I am selling high as much as I can. Get the name <laughs> value. Get the, yeah. you know, oh, he's got a good offense. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're probably about where their value is. But if, if you're able to sell high on Matt Ryan after next week to someone who maybe lost Rodgers, that's your best bet. Yeah, I agree. All right, um. Running backs? Yeah, running back duds. We already mentioned Ajayi. Um, he, mm. he was a huge dud. Um, I know we mentioned, no, I guess Ajayi is my dud. We mentioned uh, Melvin Gordon. But yeah, Ajayi was a dud. I mean, he had it set up this week against a Jets team that they, they can they can stop the run, but it, everyone thought it would be a decent game script. I mean, they have a good line, but uh, New York's, um, New York Jets have a lot. I think the 24th. Uh, most points to running back despite their perceived good uh, front. And right. it was a yeah. situation where they just got, got behind, and Ajayi yep. is still not involved in the passing game. I don't know if it's coaching setup or just Jay Cutler or what it is, but it's it's kind of tough seeing him do that. What do you think? It's Yeah, Jay Ajayi is a really interesting one. I'm glad you brought him up. He gets the volume. I mean, mm-hmm. he the past three weeks he has gotten an average of 24 carries a game. Which, I mean, sort of a statistic. If you get 20 carries a game as a running back, you're going to be doing pretty well in fast. And he just hasn't been. He's, I mean, I think the last week he had a fumble. He did well against the Falcons. He really should have done well against the Jets. The Jets' run defense is pretty bad. They have some good outside pass rushers. But pretty much since they traded Damon Harris into the Giants, uh, my man Snacks, they just... (laughs) They haven't been able to stop a nosebleed, and I think I don't know if I'm ready to sell Ajayi yet. I think he could, even though it's week seven now. I think he could still come forward a little bit. I'm not sure about it. Um, For me, yeah, they got yeah they got behind, and once you get behind, you have to start throwing the ball. And he he wasn't a part of the game plan at all, which is you know. Why is he not catching the ball? Why is he not getting passes? Yeah, I know. Last year we saw him a little involved, only 27 receptions last year, so he's not a huge pass-catching threat. But there, he's he's getting he's getting the work still. It's just not converting. I mean, 125 attempts and zero touchdowns. It's that's eventually going to regress. If I'm an Ajayi owner, I I mean, you have no choice but to hold because you're you're going to get way less value on him than you should. If I'm Someone who's trying to maybe upgrade at my running back two spot, I'm definitely buying low on Ajayi. He's got Baltimore and then Oakland, which Baltimore has been actually not good against the run. They're, what is it? Yeah. I think they're like, bot, yeah, they're bottom three, 29th. As far as like Latavius Murray had a good week against them. Like, <laughs> it's, they've been they've been letting some people who are not good names do really well. It's Baltimore is, you know, a good team to pick on. So, if I'm an Ajayi owner, I'm holding. If I need a running back, I'm doing everything I can to buy low on Ajayi. 
it should be a good week for Ajayi. He has a good matchup, and it's not like the Falcons are known for their, you know, potent, explosive offense this year. That shouldn't be a game where their Dolphins are necessarily behind by a whole lot unless Matt Moore is just throwing pick sixes. The Ajayi should be involved in the game plan for much of it. I would expect a solid production out of him this week. But if he isn't, then, yeah, it might be time for that, too. Yeah, um, you want to hit me with a receiver dud? Receiving duds. Okay, yeah. Um, there were a couple of them. I think one of the biggest ones that was a pretty big implication of just the circumstance was Larry Fitzgerald. I don't, I don't have him in any league, though I did want him. Once Carson Palmer left the game, most Cardinals players lost all their value, unfortunately. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald had 4.4 in my league, which is just dreadful for the veteran who generally does pretty well. Um, Both him and Peterson, uh, though we are talking wide receivers, really suffered as a result of that injury, which was really unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect Peterson to be, you know, a consistent guy necessarily, but for his long-term outlook, just because, I mean, Palmer's gone. I, I do think that Fitzgerald could be a guy for, supposedly Drew Stanton probably being Blaine Gabbert at some point to to lean on. I mean, he'll probably get the targets. Right. Exactly. If you're the backup quarterback, who are you going to throw it to? You're going to throw it to your future first ballot Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. So he should be getting some catches, but. At least this past week, he was certainly a dud. Yeah, and I mean, a little off topic, it might be time to get on the Andre Ellington train as well. <laughs> they're they're going to be behind. But um, with Fitzgerald, what do, you, what do you do with him? Do you try to trade him while he still has some value? Do you maybe wait a week and buy low? I mean, what's, what's your take on it? Um, well, the problem is they're on a bye week, which really sucks. So nobody, most people aren't going to be wanting to trade for him in this during this time at least because they won't have the space for it uh i right now fitzgerald just i can't imagine anybody wanting to have him just because of the matchup situation doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna do poorly i think he does have the potential to do all right but i think most people are gonna expect him to do really really poorly if that makes sense yeah but yeah, he's got the buy after the buy meet nine. He's got San Francisco. I think this is another time where, similar to Matt Ryan, if if you can get a good week off of this cake matchup, you might try to sell high and convince someone, hey, he still has you know a lot of value, even right. though you no know, Carson's gone. I mean, could end up being a mistake possibly, but I think it's a guy where if you can find some, some more upside or maybe trade him for you know running back two, it's it's definitely somewhere to go. I mean, right now, if if someone will take Larry Fitzgerald for JHI. Like I would, I would try that. I doubt anyone would, um, but I would too. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good. Uh... Yeah, I mean another another dud just to bring it up, I guess, is T. Y. Hilton, and I want to bring him up just because I think this is a one that will kind of continue as far as trends go. I mean, you you, you want to look at him like, oh, he's so good. He'll he'll make something happen, and he's had some good games this week or this year. Definitely. But with Andrew Luck probably out for the year. It's kind of a guy where in easy matchups, he'll maybe have some boom, but he doesn't have a lot of easy matchups left. So for me, he's a guy where I try to capitalize on his two huge games 
and I try to get something out of him. Yeah. Um, what's his next good matchup that he's got? Let's see. His next weeks, he's got he's got Cincinnati. Then he's mm-hmm. got Houston, which isn't too tough. Um, he's got a bye. Then he's got Pittsburgh. Sorry, he's got Pittsburgh. Then the bye. Then Tennessee. Then Jacksonville, Buffalo, uh, Denver, Baltimore. So he pretty much has one, maybe two good matchups left the whole year. So he's someone I try to I would try to sell while there's any chance he could. Yeah, I could see him possibly having a decent game against Houston, uh, particularly their de- their secondary isn't uh, fantastic, though they they do have a good defense all around. It is a divisional game. That would be one mm-hmm. if he has a good game against Houston. Maybe try to sell him after that. Uh, I do have to agree. I really don't think Andrew Luck is. I don't know if. Uh, he could come back this year, but they said he had another setback. We don't really know the severity of that, but if your team is looks as bad as it currently does look, and the AFC South seems to be going towards the other three, eh, he might, it might not be uh, worth it for them to play him. Yeah, the, the Colts definitely messed that one up in, in Colts fashion. Um, right. Do you want to hit me up with a tight end dud? A tight end dud. Mm-hmm. Um, that might not be the best way to, to say that uh, phrase. How about an underperforming tight end? Yeah. Um, so the tight ends overall weren't too bad this week. Uh, Gronk sort of had a bad week, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Super Bowl matchup. They didn't really need to throw a whole lot to the guys. Yeah. They were just in such a lead the whole time. They just kind of ran it down their throats. Um so I guess I should ask. So Gronk, he'll have his huge weeks, but I mean, sometimes he'll get hurt. Sometimes he'll have his dud weeks. If you have Gronk, would you trade him for Zachers right now? Oh yeah. You would. Okay. I, I would too. The Gronk owner wouldn't like, if you were trying to get Gronk, they, they wouldn't go. But if, if you've got Gronk, someone's got hurts. Or, you know, if you want to try to sell Gronk and like getting, like if you, you could probably sell Gronk in an RB three and get, you know, like Cameron Brayton in RB two or something. I he had he's had a couple good games and I'm not saying he won't stay healthy, but he's proven that he is liable to get hurt. So it's, if I got have- Gronk, I I I'm not necessarily say, necessarily saying I am selling him, but you know I'm exploring my options, seeing if I can get some higher value. Let's see who else. Um... Believe it or not, I kind of consider Travis Kelsey a bit of a dud this week. He, Even though he got 11 points, he got his touchdown at the very beginning. If he doesn't get that touchdown, he's like 3 for 20-something mm-hmm. for the rest of the game against the Oakland Raiders. I get that he's probably more involved in blocking uh, against that defensive front and Khalil Mack, but you're, if you're the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith, was throwing the ball all over the place. Travis Kelsey, for the most part, hasn't really looked like he's been part of the game plan in yeah. a lot of the games. Yeah, and it's kind of concerning. I mean, if you got him, you you spent the high pick on him. And I, mean, I have him in one of my leagues. And you know, he's 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 good for 10 to 15 a week. I mean, he, he's yeah. a lot more consistent. He's only had one true game, a couple underperforming games. But you got to think against Denver next week who is great against receivers, but kind of weak against tight end, he'll, he'll probably get right. Um, but I, I don't think, I think Kelsey's a guy I'm holding on to, especially just because he's, he seems pretty durable. Um, he's, 
he, I mean, he, what is it? He had the concussion and then he got, he, he was able to play the next week. Like he's big, right. big, tough guy who <laughs> doesn't have bones made of glass like Gronk does. <laughs> it, which is super important at the tight end. You know, you have your Jordan Reed, who's going to, you know, when you draft him that you're going to get like probably eight to 10 games out of him. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And um, I guess going back to running backs, it's just something that came to my mind because it's probably a situation a lot of people are dealing with. If you have C.J. Anderson, mm. what are what are you doing with him? I I was able to trade him earlier in the season for T.Y. Hilton, but um, because mm. I I I'm not a C.J. Anderson believer. I do not think he is a good, talented running back. I, I, I think Devonte Booker is better. I I think Devonte Booker will eventually take over. Um, I mean, you you don't cut him. He's still got the value. If if you see him on the waiver, someone's going to take him, but. Do you do you trade him at the risk of having a value? Do you hold? What do you do? Oh, he's got to go again. He's got doesn't have great matchups for a, quite a little bit. You know, he's got Kansas City coming up. That's not very favorable. Um, he's got Philadelphia, who's playing out of their mind this year. That's mm-hmm. not very favorable. He does have the New England Patriots uh, at Week Ten, and while they also suck at stopping the run. The Denver Broncos seem to have been on top of the Patriots the past few years. We've seen C.J. Anderson do well against them. I, I'm in the same boat. I don't love C.J. Anderson as a running back prospect. I generally try to stay away from him. That backfield is such a committee right now. They even have Jamal Charles back there uh, vulturing some touches, and he's not looking terrible mm-hmm. himself. Yeah, I think until the quarterback situation improves um... – I, he's not got much value. He's uh, he's currently ranked 20th in my league. I think that's probably where he belongs. Probably one of the 20th ranked running backs. He'll get some uh, some games. He'll get you your 15 to 20 points. But outside of his week two 28.9 anomaly, he's I mean averaging somewhere between eight points a game it looks like maybe yeah he's he's not doing much for you so hopefully his first four weeks were were pretty good so if you were able to capitalize on that good if not i think you're stuck with someone who may have one or two more good games left in him yeah he if i have him in my league and i can't get anything for him i'm gonna stash him for the good matchups and probably bench him the rest of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) i agree all right so on to some injuries and other important news. So some big ones that happened this week. Um, Carson Palmer was uh, a main one. If you yeah. picked him as a streamer or an Aaron Rodgers replacement, you were uh, you were severely let down. So we <laughs> talked about Larry Fitzgerald. Now he's affected. Um, how how do you downgrade this offense the rest of the year? For me, it's if if it's Drew Stanton, it's an enormous downgrade. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, it's about all we can say. Yeah, I mean, uh, even Blaine Gabbert, it's it's Blaine Gabbert. Like, no, and I don't have any real faith in Blaine Gabbert and and coming forward. The Cardinals just looked. I mean, they looked lifeless against the Rams there without uh, Carson Palmer. They couldn't get anything done. Uh, I saw Drew Stanton make some really really bad throws, and the Rams defense, they're they're good, um, but they yeah. do give up a lot of yards to teams, and Drew Stanton couldn't even do that. 
as I do, I, he did have to come into a game where he wasn't, you know, prepared to be the starter and whatnot, of course. But you saw Matt Moore go in there against the Jets and lead a comeback victory. It wouldn't have been impossible to envision Drew Stanton at least making some throws and getting some progress, and he couldn't do that at all. The Cardinals' offense looks bad right yeah, now. They've had a couple of those weeks even with Palmer in, and I. Like I said, outside of maybe Larry Fitzgerald, who if he has a good week, I'd sell on. I don't know when in that offense he can touch. Adrian Peterson loses pretty much all value because they're gonna they're gonna be behind. It's it's rough. So I guess another um, some other big injuries we got. Um, Delaney Walker, um, I believe he went down again. Um, they're calling him week to week with an ankle sprain. With him, they've got a buy, so you know he may end up being just fine. I don't know what I'm would think of I don't have many leagues um his price is a little too high for what I thought his production would be this year which is, is kind of going along with what I thought but yeah after after the bye we're gonna have Corey Davis back too well we can talk about in a second I don't if I've a, if I'm a Delaney Walker owner I'm looking for a second option um there's I mean there's there's some on there there's some streamable options um Jared Cook might be out there um I mean I wouldn't go for OG Howard but um, there, Hunter there, Henry. yeah, Is Hunter it? Henry might be um with a Bengals tight end, Tyler Croft. Um, there's definitely some streamable options that I would you know look to try to find a good one. Um, if you're a Delaney Walker owner, Austin Safarian Jenkins still available in a ton of leagues. He's gotten a touchdown three straight. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how he's still available. He needs to be on everywhere. Um, we'll see yep. some other injuries. Um, uh, Golden Tate is still injured even after the bye, and that's that makes some uh, interesting matchups going forward with Detroit because he is easily uh, Stafford's go-to receiver, um, which yeah. definitely complicates their offense. If I'm looking at that, I'm looking at a guy who's coming off of injury and Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay who's slated yeah. to return this week. He's he's a guy I'm looking at to target off the waivers. Um, just because if Golden Tate's still out, he's not. TJ Jones would fill the slot role, but Kenny Galladay would definitely get some looks while Marvin Jones draws a tougher coverage. Um, another rookie receiver coming off the injury for me is Corey Davis. He's got the buyer this week, so you know if you don't have the room to stash him, maybe wait. But if 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 you're five and two, say, and you've you've got room on your bench to stash him, or if you've got an IR spot, um, I, I would grab Corey Davis. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'd, him and Galladay, I'd say about three, three to five percent of your budget on them if you do Fab. But those are both guys who, especially Corey Davis, could help you a couple weeks here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Corey Davis mostly been injured for the year, but yeah. with Delaney Walker is sidelined, he can't just throw it to Rashard Matthews. Eric Decker is not doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, put up, put up the complete pooper this week. The, the yeah. bagel. Yeah, he got zero points against the Browns. No catches, nothing. I don't. I I think he was targeted, but yeah, I think I think he was uh, working at there, putting up putting up those bagels. Um, <laughs> I mean, he might yeah, as well have been. It would have been the same on the stat sheet. Right. He had two targets. I mean, they they're clearly not using him in the offense. Of course, that could be a role. He played really well out of the slot when he was with the Jets. Um, so I could see maybe the Tennessee Titans trying to utilize him in a different way. 
But other than that, um, another guy is Taiwan Taylor. He's he he's explosive though. Right. And yeah. We see one or two big plays from him this year. Um, I mean, if I'm the Delaney Walker owner, I I may be trying to get Joe Smith too. Um, someone who will, if uh, if Delaney Walker stays out, would be a good DFS play. But he he's shown he can fill in just fine. He's definitely going to be the successor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I said we we've discussed the Fournette one a bit. He'll he'll be fine after the bye. I mean, all the indications show that he this was. I mean, they even said he could have returned last week in the game um, when he got hurt. So, I mean, you've got to believe week nine will be fine. I don't think and it's something to worry about. I'm pretty sure in most uh, leagues they were just kind of not even saying he was injured because they expected him to play. And I think they held him out just – which I like. I like when they let their players heal fully. So I think Fournette will be fine uh, in the coming weeks, uh, which does suck for the Ivory and Yeldon value. Fortunately, but yeah, I think Fournette will be all right. Yeah, I agree. Um, see, Stefan Diggs, they're, um, he's still week to week with the groin injury. Um, he's downstairs, is having a rough, uh, rough couple weeks. Um, he's on a short week. Um, actually, no, sorry, correct. He's not on a short week. I was thinking of, of the other purple team. Um, these <laughs> colors get tough sometimes, but um, he, uh, they, They've got a week nine bye, and they've got the Browns this week. Definitely a winnable matchup. Um, I mean, it's been a winnable matchup for everyone. We've seen teams play down to the Browns and still win all out of the Titans. Um, what do you what do you make of the Dick situation? The Dick situation, uh, you know, I ha- I really don't own him in a whole lot of leagues, which is uh, interesting because he's always so explosive. I do think he'll be back um, playing against the Browns in London. Yeah. yeah. The Vikings lose that game. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. But yeah, right. London games I tried to avoid as much as I can anyway. And right. they, they'll probably, if he plays, I think he'll be limited. Like I said, it's Cleveland. Um, but if, if he is out, um, obviously Adam Thielen stays the number one. Um, Kyle Rudolph will I think Kyle Rudolph's a bigger beneficiary because Thielen's drawing that number one guy, and then Rudolph becomes a really big target. Yeah, no, uh, Rudolph, he was definitely a favorite of Sam Bradford's. Unfortunately, Bradford can't get on the field himself. (laughs) Nothing new there. He didn't have a terrible week against Baltimore. If you were full PPR, he did a lot better. Um, He did have his five catches. He just... With Diggs out, you see a little bit of uh, extra targeting towards Rudolph. Definitely. Agreed, agreed. So that's most of the injuries. Um, I guess a uh, not really an injury, but a uh, self-inflicted uh, missing time with Marshawn Lynch. Um, huh. Are you looking to either Richard or Washington this week as a possible buy big villain? I've really liked the way Jalen Richard has looked. Um, I think he's really explosive and quick. Uh, kind of the opposite of Lynch. Mm-hmm. On, so I do expect uh, Washington to maybe fill in for the role that Lynch was doing, but Lynch wasn't getting a whole lot of carries even before he was injured. I expect uh, Richard to sort of be the pass down back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I like Richard a little better. Um, 
especially if it's PPR because he's going to get those receptions. But he he's shown even even when Latavius Murray was there the, as a workhorse last year, there are games right. where he he can give you that big play. Like if you're if the bye weeks are crushing you and this week you're against someone who has most of their players and you're trying to just get that long shot, Rashard's probably going to be one of my top choices. Yeah, there was a actually there's one other injury I did want to go over and that is. Mm-hmm. It's not really an injury of one particular instance, but DeMarco Murray just seems to be getting banged up more and more every week. And it's sort of like this ticking clock of when is it going to be Henry's turn that he's just going to be the feature down back. Henry has shown some pretty good uh, explosiveness out there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if towards the end of the season, DeMarco Murray finally does get one, maybe an ankle or a hamstring that keeps him out a week or two, and Henry Henry starts taking over. Yeah, so this is going to be with a few times I, I, I disagree with you on a situation. I uh, mm-hmm. I don't see the long-term value in, in Henry as much. Like I said, if, if Murray does get long-term injured, then yeah, but that's kind of what we've been hoping for, and we haven't seen it. Murray's been nagged a little bit, but even this last week, Murray was the superior back. I mean, we saw Derrick Henry get some chances. I mean, and Cleveland's got a, a good run defense, but Derrick Henry, 13 carries for 13 yards. Like That's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not it's not good. I mean, he can sometimes reel off a long run, which he did last week, but, I mean, you can't count on that, and even I thought he looked out of bounds. He just didn't call it. Game was done. But, I mean, DeMarco Murray is a little better receiver, and the team's shown that they'll stay committed to him when, when he's their guy. I think after this bye week, um, He'll be a little healthier. And for me, Murray, along with the Jai, is a buy low guy. I mean, if someone's mm-hmm. got Murray, they're likely, you know, three and four are probably and trying to do everything they can to salvage, you know, playoff chance. And I think you can use that as leverage maybe to get Murray at a discounted price. Yeah, no, mine is more of the if Murray does get a like an actual sustainable injury. I think if Derrick Henry gets 20 carries a game, which you only would see if DeMarco Murray gets hurt, I, I can see him putting up DeMarco Murray's kind of numbers. Um, I just, I always wonder about Murray's health. He, there were definitely years there when he was with the Cowboys where he just seemed to be made of glass. And then he sort of got it back together um, the past few years, which is encouraging. It's just this, this whole year he's been pretty much questionable of the, like every week. Yeah, but such such is the life of a running back, you know. They, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. it's hard to count on a guy every week of the year. I think if you have Henry already, just hold on to him in case. Um, that's that would be my prospect. I don't, I don't see. I okay, so I don't see Derrick Henry winning the job with Demarco healthy if Agreed. if Demarco does get injured. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm at. and I'm holding Henry. It's this is the time of year, especially where you're you're kind of uh, stashing handcuffs. And I guess it's a good seg- uh, segue onto um, a waiver wire segment. So we'll start with some of these deeply guys where they're handcuffs, maybe not the sense of Derrick Henry, but guys who you know, if the the starter kind of doesn't do what he needs, or the coaching staff just thinks they're better, or um, you know, an injury occurs, guys that can maybe come in and do do you do you some good. Um, <laughs> so maybe not. So I guess I'll start. Maybe not quite as deep, but Marlon Mack. Uh, chances are he's he might be owned um, 
in a lot of your leagues. But he, he's a guy who I, the problem is Gore, Gore. He's he's timeless. He's he's not. He doesn't get hurt. The odds of Gore getting hurt are about the odds of the Browns finding a good quarterback. It's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty low. Not maybe not quite that low, but we've seen Gore just be like a timeless wonder. But right. if, if Marlon Mack is still available, this this is the time to definitely grab him and stash him. Yeah, and I mean, what else could go wrong for the Colts this season and Frank Gore getting injured? So who knows? Maybe it does happen at some point. Marlon Mack has definitely shown that if he was given uh, first down running opportunities, he would definitely be worth the pickup. Yeah, and I mean, Robert Turpin is now out for the year. So that's 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 definitely a boon as well. Um well, Another one is this guy for the Chargers, yeah. uh, Austin Eckler. <laughs> I was about to say him if you did. Yeah, he's uh, – yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he looks like he would be a pretty good handcuff, I have to say. Um, Melvin Gordon is definitely your every down back. We've seen Melvin Gordon get hurt, though, pretty much every year since he's been in the league. And I do love my Melvin Gordo. But <laughs> if Melvin Gordon goes down, I want Eckler in my lineup. So if I have Gordon and I have maybe an empty space for a handcuff, I'm probably going to pick him up. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I like that one. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's talented too. I mean, we saw him produce, you know, a, a fine week with uh, Gordon still there. I, I, he, I think he got a touchdown. Right. Yeah. I, I believe he outscored. He certainly outscored in points <laughs> this past week. He just looked way more. I don't know. He just look better. <laughs> yeah. Um. See, another guy I'm gonna look to would be like I, I mentioned earlier, Devonte Booker. Um. Oh, okay. If if Denver can get right a bit, um, or you know, get just some acceptable play from a quarterback, the Booker could be a, a guy that could really help you. We, we've we've seen it before. C.J. Anderson doesn't stay healthy, and I guess he's just not that good. It's <laughs> it bothers me, but um. Jamal, I mean, Jamal Charles is never going to be their, their, their workhorse. So I think Booker's a guy who, you know, say Denver moves on from Simeon and gets some good play out of Paxton Lynch or CJ gets hurt. He's a guy who he's, he's, he's played well before. As long as he doesn't fumble, he could be a solid option. Yeah, no. Devontae Booker's looked pretty uh, solid the past few years. He definitely can catch the ball too, which is really important in the modern game. Um, do you have anyone else? Um, maybe some, doesn't have to be, these are primarily going to be running backs. Cause if you're looking right. at deep, 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 you're looking for a running back. Um, I guess someone out one more I'll throw in, um, really deep is, uh, Malcolm Brown, the backup to, uh, the presumed backup to Todd Gurley. Um, we saw him get oh. like 10, 11 carries this week. Looked like pretty good. Um, and if something were, God forbid, to happen to Gurley, um, it appears Malcolm Brown would be the beneficiary. So if I'm the Gurley owner, I'm grabbing him right away. If I am in a deep league or I've got a long bench and can hold him, I'm grabbing Malcolm Brown. Gurley certainly looked improved, and a lot of that has to do with their head coach, Sean McVay. Their offense just looks dynamic. If Todd Gurley goes down, you could probably expect uh, Brown to fill in pretty well i really hope that he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um, that would that would ruin a lot of people's years and i there's nothing to, there's nothing really to show that he will but it's more of a just in case and we're, we're getting towards the you know that stretch where every week matters and injuries start to really hit you know it's 
just kind of some insurance or some thinking ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you don't already have Alvin Kamara, I don't know what you're doing, but he's <laughs> definitely like, no, nah, he's not even a handcuff at this point. He's just straight up a secondary, uh, basically a wide receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one, one other deep guy who might already be owned by the Le'Veon Bell owner is James Conner. Um, we, we, I mean, we saw uh, previously when Bell went down, D'Angelo Williams was a super valuable asset. I mean, James oh, Conner, yeah. you got to think, I mean, he's a rookie, but if something happens to Bell, what are those 30 carries going? At least 20 are going to go to James Conner. He's definitely got a huge following. He had uh, one of some of the highest jersey sales going into the year. The guy survived cancer, came out of Pittsburgh himself. Um, huge homer guy, so it's really cool to root for him. You hope Le'Veon Bell doesn't get hurt. He hasn't had any um, nagging injuries this year, which is nice. But if he did, I definitely would jump on James Conner. He's, he's a completely different running back, which is what's interesting. He doesn't – he's not like your shifty, elusive pass-catching back that Bell is. He's your bruising, downhill runner. Most of these guys, um, aside from Marlon Mack, are just kind of one, two percenters. Um, if Marlon Mack's available, I'd – say about 10 20 percent but i if i've got like 50 bucks on my fab left and marlon max there i probably i would i would consider you know six six bucks on him something like that i want to ask you about the seahawks backfield because it's just a giant shit show but i'm not touching it i don't even know who you can uh, who you can call the number one back such that you'd even have a handcuff uh, russell Wilson. um i do <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson's our number one running back. So, uh, I do expect CJ Prozice to get back into the game when he is healthy. He's he's definitely shown pass catching ability uh, that translates really well to the style of offense that Russell Wilson runs. Um, but Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls, they're just kind of battling back and forth, and neither one of them really seems to want the starting job. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just two toilets battling it out you know you're in the supermarket you see a toilet toilet bowl brawl and it's you just can't watch it um so some other guys who maybe aren't as deep that could um fill in on you know a, a quick waiver buy um i would say kenny dalladay for me is one of my top uh pickups this week for you know filling in for a buy um especially if golden tate remains out he, he becomes a guy who's probably going to get you five, six targets maybe. And when you've got someone who has the physical tools Dalladay does, that, I mean, if, if he converts on three of those, like, that might be all you need. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Pittsburgh, that they're playing this week, they run that uh, zone defense that, for the most part, is pretty solid. But if you have a playmaker, they can go right through that defense. And Kenny Galladay is the kind of guy that could... Yeah. Um, do you have any guys that um, you're looking to maybe as your bye week fill-ins, um, either at receiver or running back? Bye week fill-ins. Um, maybe guys that uh, are just looking for like one good week from. Okay. Um, let's see. I know that in my league, I actually have a tremendous amount of buys, and it's really, really unfortunate. Uh, I've got a six people on by and I'm just trying to find some people that would work. Um, believe it or not, I do kind of like uh, these Jets running backs against the Falcons this week. Uh, 
at least one of them, Matt Forte, I think, uh, I think he'll regain his starting role. And I expect him to do a little bit of damage on the ground this week against the Falcons. We just saw Jay Ajayi get 130 against him two weeks ago. Uh, last week we saw Dion Lewis, who isn't your, you know, prototypical downhill running back that you'd expect kind of plow right through him. So I, I do kind of like the Jets matchup, at least in this one, for a bye week filling on running backs. Yeah, I, I agree with Forte. I mean, Atlanta's shown that they haven't fixed the thing that plagued them in the Super Bowl, which was pass-catching running backs. They, they still can't defend it. So I really yeah. like Forte this week. Um, another guy, I guess we mentioned earlier, Jalen Richard. Um, Richard. I'll be yeah. looking to him probably in a, one of my leagues uh, where I just got smothered with buys this week. I checked. You know, it happens, but Rashard's a good fill-in, and a guy you just mentioned, Dion Lewis, I think is a good fill-in, too, if he's available. Yeah, that's who I was going to bring up next, is the Patriots running game is usually pretty unpredictable, but I'd have to put my bets that Dion Lewis starts getting more involved. He looks healthy, he looks good, he looks like Dion Lewis from two years ago, I believe, the last year he had the injury he was out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's looking like he did before his big injury, and I think he's got a lot of long-term value too. I think he'll be the guy going forward that secures his Patriots backfield, but as much as it can be secured, I don't believe in Rex Burkhead. <laughs> you don't believe in an ex-Bengals player? <laughs> I go. mean, there's a reason the Bengals let him go. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe some other ones. Uh, there's a possibility Juju's yeah, Juju. Juju Smith Schuster misses this week. Um, and if he does, uh, Brown obviously is going to do well. I still don't <laughs> know what to make of Martavis Bryant. That seems like something you just want to stay the hell away from. But if yeah. Juju Smith isn't there, who knows what could happen. There's Somebody else is going to have to catch the ball for the uh, Steelers. It could be the tight end. Um, it's probably going to be Lady on Bells more. Um, if Schuster yeah, yeah. Is, if, if Schuster is healthy, I like him as a villain. But if not, um, maybe Jesse James is your tight end villain. Who knows? Yeah, the uh, Lions aren't particularly great against the tight end. They've certainly given it up to them when uh, the matchup is there. I remember, I believe it was Dixon that just went off on them two weeks ago mm-hmm. for Carolina, and it was three now. Uh, so, yeah, I can see a little bit of a Steelers tight end uh, sneak play there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when they've gone up against capable tight ends, you know, um, like I said, with Evan Ingram and the Giants and uh, at Dixon, I guess, in, a, in a Carolina, um, like when teams right. use their tight ends, they, they're able to gas the Lions. Um, they're, the, their average is a bit skewed because like Arizona and Atlanta don't touch their tight ends. So going to help the average a bit but yeah I, jesse james that could be a nice tight end fill in even though you know you, you're probably not look, looking too tough at tight end but you know who knows yeah, if you need a bye week going i would go with jesse james honestly i think this week he has a good matchup um man the falcons and both both those teams you mentioned the falcons and the cardinals they're sort of the anomalies they don't use their tight ends like i don't believe the cardinals ever have had like used a tight end oh, yeah. <laughs> can't remember the last time they did so if you take those away uh, lions are pretty weak against the tight end and uh juju smith schuster's out Could yeah def- it's 
I, I think I'm not sure if he's been cleared out yet. Um, but he he might be. Who knows? Right. It's it's all hypothetical. It, nothing is in stone yet with that. But um, if he is, I mean, those red zone targets have to go somewhere. It's just a matter of if he makes it through the concussion protocol or not. <laughs> yeah. No. They exactly. Um, I would expect some red zone action. Yeah, and then um, one more guy I want to bring up um, at receiver is uh, Mohamed Sanu. He's uh, he's going to be back. Um, he's, he's got the Jets, and um, he okay. especially in a PPR league or maybe in half PPR, he's a guy who could, you know, possibly have some extended value. But definitely this week, can you know if you just need a, like if you need just like six seven points, could probably get you that. Yeah, he's going against Screen. He'll probably have a monster day. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good guarantee. Um, <laughs> let's see. Now, if you're looking to add some of these guys, um, you may, if you have a short bench, you may kind of be wondering, okay, um, what do I do with uh, some guy on my bench that I keep? Um, for me, guys that I think are approaching droppable, um, sounds it sounds tough. But Tariq Cohen might be. Um, like if I can trade Tariq Cohen, I'm doing it. But like if if I need you know a bye week fill in, I, I'm proud. Like unless I want to play Tariq Cohen, I'm probably getting rid of him. I mean, it's of Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky is just not getting into it. I mean, so he had that good week one. Then let's see, in half PPR, it's 8.8, 12.2. 6.8, 1. 1.2, 8.9, 7.5. So, you know, maybe if you – he's shown that, you know, he can take one play and give you an okay day. So if, right. if, if you want to trust that and you just need a little bit, he's not the worst. But if you're looking for a guy who you think could maybe win you, you're the – like if Marlon Mack's there. Um, I mean, if Aaron Jones is there, duh, but he's probably gone already. But, like, if Marlon Mack's there and I – like, if, if you happen to have Doug Martin and Zeke at running back <laughs> – like uh, like I do. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen's probably expendable. Um, if you want to get someone like Marlon Mack. Um, see uh, other guys. I mean, if Is you're that holding like Charles Pryor, droppable. Yeah, yeah. I I think he is. I don't know if you could get any value for him at all. Um, the running backs that you would want, you might be able to get. Like you might be able to get like Javorius Allen or the aforementioned Tariq Cohen for him. <laughs> But yeah, he's, it's just he just isn't getting the ball. He, you know he's gonna get one game this year where he fucking he grabs two touchdowns for and gets eighty yards and he has a great game. But I just don't see him being having the consistency that you want in your fantasy team. Yeah, he's he's got Dallas this coming week, so I I wouldn't drop him this week. Um, I say if he's gonna be against Dallas, you you try to trade him. If he does against Dallas, I think he's droppable. That's it's about where I'm at with him. Yeah, Dallas's secondary is pretty terrible. Of course, last week they did hold San Francisco to just a couple of points there. And we do know that San Francisco has been losing rather close to games. This was sort of an anomaly in score. Aside from last week. But yeah, the first six losses were all within three points. So it's pretty, uh, pretty terrible crap you like. It's, well, I I wouldn't say like, no no one, no one's going to argue that the Niners are good, but you know. Right. But they, in 0 and 6, they look pretty good for an 0 and 6 team or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, like other guys that I would, I would drop Wayne Gallman if I had grabbed him and held him. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's, 
I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he's on the bye this week, so maybe you can drop him and pick him back up later. Um, but I, I, I that, good. Yeah, I was gonna say, it looks like uh, Darkwa sort of won the position a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> it's still a committee, and they're just the Giants are just so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's oh here's an interesting one, uh, Devin Funchess. Um, mm. If if he's on your team, and you know, I mean, it, he doesn't have a buy this week, but like, if if you have Devin Funchess, I mean, I don't, I would start him against Tampa, maybe. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think I'd drop him. What do you, what do you think? I, I if I have Funchess, I'm starting him this week. Um, I think this is a game where Funchess can do some damage. Uh, I don't, you I don't. Just, Cam, he's out you, there in some really shallow leagues. So, I mean, if he's out there, grab him. But if, Yeah, I, if he doesn't do well this week, then you know that they're not really looking his way because this is the matchup of the century for him. Yeah, uh, and um, honestly, <laughs> if we want to talk about sell-high guys, um, he's got Tampa-Atlanta, two games where he could pr- do pretty well. Greg Olson's back soon. This might be a sell-high on Funches time. Is Greg Olson back soon? I didn't even uh, consider that. Yeah, I think oh, what they say he was because um, I can look into it. They put him on IR. Um, I think they gave him like eight weeks, but um, he's eligible to return week eleven, which um, I believe is their buy. So after after their buy, it's going to be Olsen. Um, so if you can, if Devin Funches has a good week or two, he's a mm-hmm. sell high guy. Definitely not definitely not someone to drop. If I'm if I'm thinking about dropping someone to pick some off of waivers, or since we just got through the waiver discussion, I think if I see this guy. On waivers, will I would I one hit? Um, so if you're still holding Isaiah Crowell, uh, someone uh, might want him. Uh, uh, no one should want him. He's a guy you can <laughs> drop to pick up some of these higher. Like if I if heck even if Eckler's there and I've got um, Crowell and Melvin Gordon, like I'm dropping Crowell to try to get Eckler in case something happens to Melvin Gordon. Like for me, that's that's where I'm at. Some of these guys who just haven't put it together. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Crowell. I mean, I do know what's going on with Crowell. Yeah, the Browns are terrible. I was just, I was so excited. I thought this was going to be the year you could actually own some Browns players and do well. And and you can, Duke Johnson has definitely done well. Um, But I really expected more out of Crowell this year. And he's just, uh, I, I would not own him personally in any league. I would probably be picking up somebody else with potential higher ceiling than him yeah i i, I agree now duke johnson is uh is the browns running back to own you know i, I was flipped yeah. last year but it's kind of situation um i guess another guy people might be holding on to is like garrett blunt um mm-hmm. are you if, if you can grab you know say um maybe not marlon mack someone if you could if would you okay would you rather have like garrett blunt or wendell smallwood Ooh. Um, Legarrett Blunt is to me is just totally unpredictable. Yeah, it's completely a gut thing on whether you think he's going to be involved in the game plan that day. Um, if he's got the right matchup and you think they're going to be running with Blunt, then he's probably going to end up doing well. But chances are, like that's pretty gutsy. That's a really like gut call you have to make. I don't, I don't love. Blunt. I believe I have him in. Is it our league that I have him? Um, 
Uh, yep, yep, it is. <laughs> yeah, so I have him in our league, and he's pretty much been on my bench the entire time. But I'm actually considering starting him this week against the Niners, um, just because it's the Niners, and I just saw what Zeke did to them. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Ooh, that was uh, yeah. You you saw you saw from both perspectives. Um, man, he's he's something else. And if you draft <laughs> him, you are happy with it. Um, I guess uh, we kind of missed him in duds, but Ty Montgomery. Um, oh God, yeah. If man, if you've got it, I mean, like I said, if you drop him, I I don't think so. If I see him out there, I'm grabbing him. But yeah, I think at this point it's safe to consider Montgomery a handcuff to Jones. If yeah. Jones gets, then yeah, sure. <laughs> it's it's rough seeing some of these guys that you 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 thought were gonna be you know the guy for you and just get overtaken. I mean, especially when they're healthy, it's just. It might be a product of Rodgers being out. You know, uh, Rodgers had that connection with Montgomery, it seemed. Absolutely. But yeah, um, Adrian Peterson. Um, I'm if I'm dropping him as well. If I need someone else, um, he's on the bye. He's got San Francisco after, but I I don't trust any Cardinals now. If I can trade AP, I I'm gonna do that. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I I see Peterson maybe getting your 10 points, gets 40 yards and a touchdown in some game. But I think that's maybe his ceiling, to be honest. I don't don't have the faith that the Cardinals can put together an offense uh, worthy of owning him. Yeah, and I guess if if I saw him the waivers, I I would maybe pick him up, but it's, it's tough to decide. But, um... Yeah, so hope, hopefully um, these are some guys you can pick up. Um, obviously, high-priority guys that may – I mean, Aaron Jones um, has probably already been picked up. Um, you know, Ted Ginn, he's probably already owned. He's another guy who could really help you out. Um, mm-hmm. So just kind of wide-knitting. Latavius Murray, probably owned. But, you know, um, if someone in your league got tired of him and, you know, dropped <laughs> him to pick up Chris Ivory, he's probably available. Um, I definitely – I do think Latavius is going to be the back. I have to say that. Uh, the It's happened a couple of years now. Jarek McKinnon has had to go in when they've had an injury to their number one back, and Jarek McKinnon just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, he did it two games in a row, and I, I you know, assumed, like, okay, you know, Murray get, was getting 12, 15 carries and wasn't doing anything with him. I'm like, you know, maybe she doesn't work. Then he comes out against Baltimore, which Baltimore has a actually really bad run defense. But... You know, Latavius Murray's got Cleveland and then the pie. If if you can if you have the room to keep him, do it. But I it might be a little bit of fool's gold. I'm not I'm not saying it is, but mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't go blowing all of your fab on him, um, thinking that he'll be, you know, your savior like I may have done a couple weeks ago. Um Yeah, if you picked him up, just wait and see. Don't uh, if you did pick him up and you do still have him, just kind of just tread the water a little bit. He might end up being that back for them, but it is because I mean the Vikings are a fairly solid team right now. Yeah, they're good. They're, yeah, they're they're, g- they're giving good game scripts for these running backs. Yeah, so can it? You know, it's never fun to have to predict which running back is going to have a good game, but I just don't see. I mean. I just can't see McKinnon being the number one feature back. I don't know why. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, agree with you there. It's prejudice against him. 
uh, yeah, about two years ago, a year ago, he just he just couldn't get it done. Yeah, yeah I feel you there. All right, so that that covers a lot of people. Um, now, um, this was uh, per request of someone in one of our leagues um, to talk about uh, kickers and defenses. Now, I mean, I I change <laughs> my kicker and defense pretty much every week, and you know sometimes you get unlucky. And your kicker gets hurt. You know, Dan Bailey hurts his groin. You know, it, it happens. But if you're streaming defenses, um, who are you looking to that um, may not be owned? Okay. Um, so defenses this week. Uh, there's definitely a couple options. Uh, I think the Ravens at home Thursday night game against Miami, not necessarily a terrible idea. Thursday night games generally are pretty low-scoring but they've been the opposite this year, so it's a little weird. Um, so that's that's definitely one. We know the Ravens' defense is at least solid in some regard. Again, it's can do the Dolphins use JHI as they should, and can they get the run game developed? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the Bengals for sure. Um, they're at home. They Indy comes in, and the Bengals have been, you know pretty decent aside from last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, they produced, you know, respectable points for a, a DST unit. And I, I mean, they gave up 10, 10 sacks last week to the Jags. Indianapolis is, is a mess. And oh, they're, I'm targeting them. Um, I'm also looking at the Eagles. Um, they're opportunistic is what I'll say. They're not going to shut anyone down, but you know, they, they bring in Bethard and the 49ers and, uh, if Carlos Hyde can't get going, the game is on Bethard. And if I'm trying to, you know, just pick up a defense, uh, going against someone in the second start is not a bad way to go. Yeah, the Eagles would probably be my next one I wanted to talk about. They definitely, they've gotten the 23 in the first week of the year, and then the rest has been around the 8-6 to six range. I see them getting another probably like 8-10 to 10 this week against the Niners. Niners offense is clearly in a little bit of a lapse right now. Um, and the Eagles have a very, very scary front D-line. Oh, man, yeah. And then I could see them getting a couple sacks there against Bethard. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. Um, trying to get other ones. If New Orleans is not owned, they get the Bears. Um, let's see. Pitt- Pittsburgh uh, has the Lions, which, I, I mean, don't. I mean, they're, they're kind of skewed by New Orleans, I guess that would be. But there aren't a ton of great options this week. Um, I guess I, the Vikings are probably owned. Um, so the, the Seahawks yeah, the are going to be owned, which I wouldn't start the Seahawks this week if I had, because I don't want to mess with Deshaun Watson. Um, no. But even no, on the other side of it, the Dolphins might be a decent option against the Ravens. Yeah, they really could be, especially with the way the Ravens have been playing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw... Cameron Wake and Adamakin Sue, especially with that injured uh, Ravens offensive line. Um, it looks like the defense of the Dolphins is finally starting to click mm-hmm. as it should have been from week one. But, you know, sometimes it takes a couple weeks for the teams to really get into their full form. I can see the Dolphins having a sneaky play this week against the Ravens. Yeah. Um, one one thing, kind of a little tip when you're looking for defenses is, mm. um, I mean, there's obviously good matchups, but if you're trying to really – know get lucky and swing something or everything's taken look for look for home underdogs um it's kind of underrated if you're looking at chicago and the chargers um 
both were, uh, I believe, home underdogs and just lit it up. Um, I mean, Chicago with those two defensive touchdowns and the clip or the, the Clippers, the the Chargers uh, shutting out Denver. It's LAC. It's so frustrating. It's just naturally. Might as well be the Clippers, yeah. But yeah, Uh, home home underdogs can sometimes provide uh, some sneaky value. The only reason I'm a little wary on the Bears, while they they've played amazingly uh, the past two weeks, they are in New Orleans. Drew Brees certainly plays even better than normal at home. Oh yeah, I'm not touching the Bears this week. I'm just kind of referring to you know the trend of the the home underdogs. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess um I, I'll pull it up real quick and see um if there's any home underdogs I think could maybe um outperform their expectations. Um pulling up the Vegas Lions, which actually um the Vegas Lions are a great way to kind of um what make some predictions. Um, like? Let's see. Oh yeah. Um I guess um. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would, but the Jets might be able to keep Atlanta um, off the roll. Um, but you know, I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk it. Um, That's risky. It's really just. I think in that sense, it's. Do you think the Falcons are going to continue to be inept offensively? In which case, start the Jets defense. But if you think they're going to pick it together, pick it up. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah, leave that yeah, I, I lean more towards the uh, the Falcons getting right. Um, see, Detroit is um, they're probably owns. They've been a really good defense this year, fantasy wise. Um, they're home underdogs against Pittsburgh. At right. Those that's definitely a team I you know look to start. Um, mm-hmm. Just because like they've, they've shown they can be opportunistic. Big Ben has shown he can really just wet the bed for you on um, that five interception week. I mean, you know there there are times when he's just bad. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers have been inconsistent this year. They've won the past couple, but uh, Lions just had their bye. Their defense is playing a lot better this year. That That's not a bad option, honestly. I would think the Lions are mostly owned at this point, but if yeah. they're not, I would I would probably just start them. Yeah, uh, so there's not really any home underdogs that I am kind of like, think look great this week. Um, yes, that's... So that's a tough one. Some, sometimes you'll find them where the you know the home underdog, there may be their the other team's favorite by like two or three points. You know that that's a time when you can kind of pounce on that trend. Um, so I guess on to kickers. <laughs> um, who is gonna, who's going to be uh, kicking butt this week um, for you, Scott? Butker, dude. I <laughs> know. Uh, I actually do like Butker a lot this week. I believe he was one of the guys playing Denver. Really easy to kick at home. Uh, Denver's a team where they have a good enough defense to stop you from scoring, but not good enough that uh, you're not going to at least put a few points up. I could see Butker doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And he's just been great for them in general. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Tucker, I'm sorry, I like, ahead. obviously, Tucker is always a great kicker. He's playing the Dolphins. Dolphins' defense has been stepping up. Ravens' offense looks helpless. Maybe... <laughs> if they can move the ball enough that he can get in field goal range. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they get to the 40, like the other 40, it's, it's Tucker time. Um, heck, maybe cool. even the 50 early. Who knows? But um, let's uh, see. Kickers, um, any anytime someone's going in the 49ers, you look into them. Um, <laughs> they allow a lot to kickers. Um, Jake Elliott. Yeah, and who's, he's been phenomenal in, in general. Like, He's I I unfortunately dropped him to play Dan Bailey last week. Um, you know, it oh, just happened. Man. But um, 
yeah, Jake Elliott's definitely a guy to look into. Um, if you're feeling really bold, um, let's see. The Colts and the Falcons give up a lot of points to kickers. Which Cincinnati's kicker? Is that Kevin Huber? Um, uh, they change it all the time. Yeah, um, man, I, don't, I don't really know. Um, oh, Randy Bullock. Oh, yeah, that. Randy Bullock. Kevin yeah, Randy punk Bullock would be a good play, I think. Mm-hmm. He's not really been great this year, but, um, you know, uh, since Cincinnati's shown they can move the ball, they've also shown ineptitude. Um, sometimes that's a recipe for successful kickers. <laughs> and then um, the Falcons allow a lot of points to kickers, too. Um, I mean, Gotzkowski got, you know, 11 this past week against them, and they get the Jets this week. Um, man, who's the just Costanzo? Or Costanzaro. Yeah. Catanzaro. Uh, yeah, he's he's actually done pretty well as a fill-in this year. They When they cut Nick Folk, I didn't know how well Catanzaro was going to keep up, but he's done pretty well. They're at home. He's got a pretty favorable matchup, I think, against the Falcons. Yeah, and that's you know it's probably plenty of time to talk about kickers, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally don't like catty kickers in our league in general, but, you know, it's, it happens. Um <laughs> DFS, we can save the DFS for another podcast because it's already getting pretty long. Sure. Um, so next, uh, the way we would like to end our show, or we're going to end our show from here on out, is um, with our predictions for the week as far as um, the Vegas games go, or the looking at the Vegas odds, going through okay. it, you know, what do we agree with, what do we disagree with, and, um, you know, who we think is going to win. So, um, but before we get to that... Um, we're going to talk about our locks of the week and our upsets of the week. So, um, Scott, hit me with your lock of the week. Who, which team is going to win for sure? My lock? Okay. Um, sure. Which team is going to win for sure? One sec. I have <laughs> to, well, I'm pulling up the uh, just the matchups. Yeah, yeah um, I guess I could start. Um, yeah, go for it. I mean... As much as I hate uh, being associated with the Bengals because I live in Cincinnati, um, there is zero <laughs> chance Cincinnati loses this week against the Helpless Colts. Uh, I know it's an easy pick, um, but, you know, Cincinnati has shown the ability to implode. Um, a Marvin Lewis team can do that. But this is a week where um, I think Joe Mixon and AJ Green both um, are studs for your fantasy team. And I guess... Um, within this lock of the week, I'll go ahead and talk about my sleeper of the week, which I don't know if Joe Mixon's the sleeper, but um, he's the guy I'm looking to here. Um, he's going to be the beneficiary of uh, this game. I think they're going to get a big lead. AJ Green's going to get a touchdown or two. Tyler Croft's going to get a touchdown, then they're going to ride it out with Joe Mixon. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that, especially after last week. They said he was averaging seven yards a carry in the first half, and then they sort of just stopped using him, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marvin Lewis came out and said that Joe Mixon wasn't being mature enough, but to be honest, their head coach isn't being head coachy enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they knew what they were getting with Mixon coming in. I don't know what they're trying to expect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Bengals, if we were doing our picks right now, the Bengals are looking pretty solid to win that game. If the Bengals lose to the Colts, um, that's, is, <laughs> like, is that panic mode set in for the Bengals if you haven't already? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Yeah, Just I think put, that's where it, you lost. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think that's where Marvin Lewis is uh, maybe done. Hope hopefully done. He's had entirely too long in this league. He's had way too long. He's been a, I think he's been a head coach as long as Bill Belichick has now. I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. at some point, just hang it up. I agree. I agree. So Scott, who is your um, lock to win for this week? Okay, uh, my lock isn't too much of a crazy one, but I really don't think the Chiefs are going to lose to the Broncos. Uh, they've lost two in a row, and they sort of had some uh, shortened weeks there against their opponents. They had a really tough loss against the Raiders, which, I mean, God, if the end of that game, if you had to watch it, was just painful with penalties. <laughs> I really think the Chiefs are going to do pretty well here against the Broncos. And uh, not to discredit the Broncos, they've played well in a lot of ways, and they got shut out last week. You could expect a bounce back from them, but mm-hmm. I'm going with the Chiefs as my lock. I, 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 I feel you there. Um, my upset of the week. Let me let me take a look through here. Actually, I thought about it a little bit beforehand, and I'm going to stick with it. My upset of the week it would be the Chargers over the Patriots. No, um, you can't. My upset. Oh, that man. was yours, too? Yeah, the Chargers, they've won three in a row. Well, I'll, I'll let you go, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we, can agree, we can agree on it. I mean, it's yeah. it's a good one. Um, they're, they're, they've they've kind of figured it out, it seems. Their defense, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, that, that combo is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And the Patriots aren't the same. Their defense, I mean, aside from last week, is just awful. And, you know, the Chargers have enough weapons. And they've got Keenan Allen. They've got their deep threats in Williams and Benjamin. Um, they're getting, um, you know, the other Williams, Mike Williams back. Um, they've got capable running backs. I mean, Philip Rivers is, is good. I think this is a game where they can really pick on New England because um, taking out just one option against the Chargers isn't going to do enough. And um, I can see this being a matchup where, you know, we've seen when Br- if Brandon Cooks gets, um, gets locked down um, and, you know, they're able to, to take care of Gronk, which I think these um, linebackers in um, San Francisco can do, um, the Patriots aren't quite the same. I think this is a bad matchup for the Patriots. I Yeah, I agree. And there's a couple upsets in here that I, since you went over that one, there's a diff- another one or two that I'll go over. The Lions are actually underdogs against the Steelers at yeah. home. And, and I have to say that I really think that the Lions can win this one. Um, not uh, With only a three-point line there to the Steelers, it's not like it's a crazy thing to imagine. But I do I like the Lions' chances this week against the Steelers team that's been really inconsistent, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Or against the Steelers today. I might have misspoke there. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that Detroit's not getting enough respect here. Um, just simple as that and I don't and Pittsburgh is not consistent enough um I think Vegas might have this one wrong but sorry to start to steal your upset there <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine I'm glad you uh sort of agree with me on that I mean the Chargers just have been looking really well lately yeah, they're, they, they fixed they, they got right man yeah, defense is on point and they're finally clicking on offense with all the Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon and everybody starting to come together so um, I guess sleepers of the week and bust of the week. Uh, Joe Mixon wasn't really sleepers, so I'll um, avoid him for now. Um, I guess bust of the week. Um, I'm going to say that um, 
barring Norman's health, Des Bryant. Um, if Josh Norman is back, Des Bryant will do nothing. Um, <laughs> I mean, Norman has shown that he can, I don't know, take Des out of a game. He's shown that before. Um, so, mm. I mean, what, week four, he was when Josh Norman got hurt and, you know, say three to four weeks. So there's a good chance he returns this week. And um, if, if he's back, uh, Des is my dud. Des is your dud. Okay. Yep. Des is a done dud deal. Is so. What is Josh Norman's injury? Um, it's it's his ribs, I believe. Um, okay. They, they gave him three to four week timetable, and that was back in week four. So, um, if if he's back, that's my dud. Um, if not, I can I'll change it. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, it is a divisional matchup. Uh, so I expect that to be a pretty close game. Jo- that Josh Norman will obviously get fired up for that if he is playing. Um, I guess my uh, other um, dud, um, maybe on a different level, um, maybe not a guy you're going to start for sure, but, you know, someone you're probably playing, uh, Will Fuller. Um, they yeah. bring the Seahawks this week. And, um, I I mean, Hopkins will probably get some, but I don't I don't know if they're going to, if Fuller's going to be able to get loose again. That's pretty tough to call. It's because, you know, Hopkins has the size advantage. Yeah. And Watson can loft it up and he'll get some catches, even against the Legion of Boom secondary that is out there. Will Fuller, though, he's, I mean, is he five? He's boomer bust, I think. (laughs) He's gotten, like, a few targets and he's gotten touchdowns on most of them. I don't, that's not sustainable, especially against the Seahawks. No, definitely not. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Deshaun Watson had a little bit of rookie magic out there and made some plays. I don't think it's Wolf Fuller this week. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Who, um, who would your bust of the week be? Who do you think's just gonna let someone down? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a couple of options out there. People that I think are gonna be pretty bad <laughs> this week, uh, but. I don't like Frank Gore against Cincinnati as much as I do love Frank Gore. I'm not going to take him in that. Um, let me just look at my own really quick. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and talk um, a little bit of uh, potential sleepers this week. Um, sure. So I'm going to go with Marquise Goodwin. He um, he showed some chemistry with uh, C.J. Beathard um, this past week. Um they kind of, you know, sit on the same page. And, um, he, I mean, he got four receptions, which, you know, isn't great. But for Marquise Goodwin, you know, that's that's a okay amount. Um, and they get the Eagles this weekend, you know. They're going to be playing from behind. The Eagles aren't good against the receiver. So this could be the week where Marquise Goodwin, um, had, you know, he, he'll have – he has blow-up games sometimes. He showed it once or twice last year. Um, but, I mean, eight, eight targets is a lot for him. Uh, good one to get last week i think this could be the week where um you know he might not get eight targets again but he could get you that long bomb that we um, hope for with him Hmm. interesting yep so that that, that'll he's my genuine uh bona fide sleeper pick who's (laughs) gonna be available in a lot a lot of leagues i mean he's available in my um really deep league he's kind of digging deep there um you know potential to not do well i mean it's, it's kind of what you're going for but i i'm putting my chips on him he's someone i am picking up in uh that league where i'm really struggling with buys 
Okay. Um, I like Kelvin Benjamin a lot this week, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and say him. Uh, yeah, Tampa just playing Tampa. We did talk about Devin Funchess maybe getting some targets too. I think both of them should have pretty good games. Cam Newton knows how to really be inconsistent. I don't see him do it two, two weeks in a row. Um, it's, eh. I, I like the Carolina receivers this week if you got them. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think uh, Funches and Benjamin. Like, if I had both of them, I would consider playing both of them this week. Um, any uh, any busts, uh, you, don't, you don't have to choose one. I'm just seeing if I can get a, a hot take from you. Yeah, uh, in the same game, you've got Doug Martin against the Panthers. All right. Uh, I, they, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, it's not – if he can catch some balls, he can definitely – if they can fall near the goal line and get him at the one, he can definitely get in. But I don't see him breaking out and having a big game against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, the, the Panthers are pretty tough against the run. I think they're along some of that, like, the lowest yards per carry this year. Right. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily um, mean the Buccaneers won't win, but if I do expect Cam to have a good game, I, and I expect the receivers to have a good game, which means unless Jameis Winston is also having a great game, they're not going to be throwing to Doug. Or well, they won't be running with Doug a whole lot. They'll be throwing to catch up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you point out, the Panthers allow the seven fewest points to a uh, running back, and um, I mean, the only two weeks teams have really done well were New Orleans and somehow New England. Um, but I mean, we see them shut down. They shut down McCoy. Um, I mean, Philadelphia was held in check. They held uh, Jordan Howard in check. I mean, Philly's defense. Uh, sorry, not Philly's defense. Uh, Carolina's defense, especially the last two weeks, um, maybe in the last three, have, has really stepped up. I can see Doug Martin having a, a down. I agree with you there. Yeah, which I I think will be an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could find a way to buy low on Doug Martin after a bad week, go for that, right? I like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> um, so final thing, let's just uh, go through these games um, and sure. make our picks. Um, Baltimore, Miami, who you got? Uh, let me pull it up really quick. So Baltimore, Miami. Uh, you know, I I think I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Minnesota, Cleveland. I, it's Vikings. I don't see how they would possibly. Yeah. I sure the Viking or the Vikings could lay an egg and the Browns could get their first win, but realistically, this is this should be a Vikings win. Yeah. yeah. Well, Unless some there's something in that London water that. <laughs> We've, we've seen not, it get four. Um, I mean, like Bortles went off over there. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, mean, I don't even know which quarterback is going to be playing for the Browns Sunday. I don't even know if the Browns know which quarterback is going to be playing for them. This I don't. Sunday. I don't think it matters. They they could pull. <laughs> uh, they could bring Ocho Cinco back play quarterback, <laughs> and I don't. I think it would be about the same result. <laughs> Let's see. It's so bad, man. I uh, I don't understand how you can do that to a rookie quarterback and just keep benching him and starting him again. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I love Hugh as an offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, he, he's shown a couple times he's not cut out for it. Let's see, uh, Chicago, New Orleans. I mean, I've got I've got New Orleans, especially at home. Uh, Chicago. Okay, uh, my list is a little bit different order than yours. So I'm scrolling down. Yeah, Chicago, New Orleans. Um. That I I will have to take the Saints in this one, uh, though I do think the Bears' defense is phenomenal. I don't think the Bears can win this one. 
by just having Trubisky throw four times. I think <laughs> throw it a few more times. And I think the Saints defense, which is really, as you say earlier, opportunistic, they love to get those picks. I, and uh, I think the Saints will take this one home. Yeah, um, I, I sent you just now, by the way, um, what I'm going through. It's got the Vegas odds and just has games listed in an arbitrary order. Oh, nice. All right, um, Atlanta and Jets. This is tougher than it should be for me. Uh, I think I know what you're going here. Yeah, I, well, you know, I'm going to take the Jets. Um, <laughs> no, no, I actually would like to take the Jets, honestly, because believe it or not, I believe I read that the Falcons are 0-3 against the AFC East this year, hmm. which is absolutely ridiculous to think about. The Falcons just don't look as good as they did last year. This is the Falcons game to lose. 100%. Yeah, which they've shown they they can uh, do that. I guess I I got the Falcons too. I don't. I think they're. I just think they're too much better than the Jets to lose this. Yes, and if I wasn't a ridiculous Homer Jets fan, I probably would pick the Falcons. But I am going to pick the Jets. Go for that four for four. Or let the AFC East just run the train. There you go. Um. Next. See. Next up, we've got Carolina and Tampa. Vegas actually has Tampa favorite in this uh what do you think here scott tampa is the favorite and i think that's pretty interesting um they played the buffalo bills really tough mm-hmm. and it's i have a very difficult read on the bills i can't quite figure out if they're good or not <laughs> or like <laughs> i don't think I mean. even the bills know <laughs> yeah if they're if by that i mean legitimate playoff contenders they their defense certainly seems to step up but Jameis winston was able to throw on them I like the Panthers to have a bounce-back game. So I, I, I like agree. Panthers. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Panthers, too. I mean, the Bucks are getting people back from injury. I think they got Levante David and Quan Alexander back uh, this past week, which didn't really seem to help much against Buffalo. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't see a way that Cam doesn't – Cam's going to have himself a game. Um, I disagree with Vegas on this one. It's going to be one where the Panthers uh, march it in and, uh, and get a win. But this is – this is going to be, in my opinion, a quarterback battle. You're going to get to see two of oh, yeah. the great young quarterbacks that are in the game um, duking it out. Yeah, Mike Evans, I'm sure, is going to have a monster game, and I, I expect the same from the Carolina wide receivers. So, I'm who not... would you take this week, uh, Kelvin Benjamin or Mike Evans? Oh, man. Um, I think Kelvin Benjamin is going to get, like, eight catches. If I, had to, I think he's going to get a <laughs> that lot. That sounds right, yeah. Options. Uh, Mike Evans, though, you, is g- almost guaranteed to get a touchdown at some yeah. point. <laughs> I, I, I agree there. Um, let's see, moving on. Philly, San Francisco, Philly. Duh. I don't, yeah, I'm taking Philadelphia in that one. <laughs> that's, that's self-explanatory. Um, Oakland, Buffalo. This is this is a good one. Vegas has Buffalo yeah. favors by a little bit. I'm taking Oakland in this one. I like Oakland to go into Buffalo and win. I think Oakland has – I don't know if they've entirely figured everything out. But they definitely stepped up against the Chiefs last week, and I liked seeing that. The Bills, I think, relapsed a little on defense against the Buccaneers, and that is something Derek Carr can most certainly exploit. Yeah, we, we've seen this Raiders defense um, do well at times, and it's it's kind of, you know, you wonder, like, where are they, where aren't they? I think this is a game where the Raiders match up decently. The Bills don't use their receivers. Um, they use yeah. McCoy. And Tyrod will run some, and the tight ends get it. Um, Oakland has good linebackers. I mean, they've got Khalil Mack. Um, right. I think I think Khalil Mack is the 
game changer. He's the X factor. He's the reason Oakland wins this. Nice. Okay. Um, I mean, I already picked um, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's lock of the week. They're winning. Um, Indy's bad. That's about all yeah. I can say. They are, interestingly enough, 10-point favorites, and I don't know about... I wouldn't the... say 10, but, like, they're going to win. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Cincinnati will definitely win this. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, watch them lose. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to laugh. <laughs> but Oh, yeah. Like I, like, I, like I should... I, I live in Cincinnati, but I've never been a Bengals fan. I've, I've cheered for Pittsburgh, whatever, given the opportunity. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I can't get behind the Bengals. Um, I'm not like a huge uh, AFC uh, North participant, but whenever the Bengals and Steelers play each other, I end up rooting for the Steelers. <laughs> well, but you, you literally just know the Steelers are going to win. The Bengals, <laughs> like... Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's Maybe. it's it's logic. Um Let's see, Chargers, New England. Um, I'm picking. I'm sticking with my upset of the week here. I'm picking the Chargers. Okay. Yeah, this is. I mean, I, right. So I picked the Chargers as well. I do think it's likely that the Patriots can hold on and win this. Oh yeah. But I would love to see the Chargers upset them. So I'm going to take the Chargers. I think their defense has been playing phenomenally, and they have that defensive scheme that Tom Brady hates so much which is rushing three or four guys, not blitzing, and then just blanketing the secondary. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. Casey Hayward's going to give Brandon Cooks that kind of time. Uh, let's see. Houston, Seattle. Uh, they say it, they have Seattle as five-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that's overzealous. Really? Five-and-a-half? Um, I think uh, the reason that it is five-and-a-half is almost purely because it's at home. Um, Deshaun Watson hasn't had to travel across the country and play in the Seattle Seahawks stadium yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Deshaun Watson is, is the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's, he is not just a fluke. He's playing really well. Yeah, um, I'm having trouble picking a winner this game. I mean, Seattle at home is hard to pick against, but I, I do think Seattle wins this. I really do. Uh, Seahawks look like they might have stepped up a little bit, at least for now. But this is a game Houston has every opportunity to win. I would love to see it myself. I yeah. love watching the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm let's, let's see who who has Seattle even played because I I I'm not buying into them. They they have no offense and like their defense is good, but like Deshaun Watson has showed how high powered they can be. Um, I mean Seattle like they've allowed the the fewest points this year, but. They're hardly scoring anything. Um, I mean, yeah, they played the Giants last week. Who e- they have, you know, Eli. Yeah, it's, it's not like I admit receivers. Yeah, I mean, all, all their games have been low scoring, but um, the one the one game that turned into a, a shootout against the Titans, they lost. Um, I think this could be one of those surprising t- games where Seattle is in a shootout. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pick Houston here. Yeah, I think another big trap is that Vegas is overestimating the loss of J.J. Watt. And I'm not saying J.J. Watt is overrated because the guy is a monster and he's absolutely destructive. But their defense is still good despite his loss. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, see, Dallas and Washington. Uh, Vegas has Dallas. It's two and a half point favorites. Um, sorry, I, as much as I would, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Dallas. As long as they've got Zeke and Dak, I don't think there's a way that, you know, they don't get it done. This is a really tough one. Uh, 
NFC East is the division of fuck everything you know. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't love Washington. I don't believe the home away advantage matters in this whatsoever. I think this is just a take them. Um, Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal my pick. If Norman plays, I pick Washington. If Norman doesn't play, I pick Dallas. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so Zeke is definitely playing for this, right? Yeah. Not that that matters too much with that offensive line. Uh, I think I I think in general I'm gonna pick Dallas to win yeah. this. But you did if Josh Norman plays, you didn't make that case. I I think I'm gonna stick with Dallas. I think Dallas was it. All right, uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit. Um, that's it. it. Sounds like you're going to Detroit here. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Detroit. I like picking on them, or yeah. not picking on them, picking with them. I, I'm gonna <laughs> agree. Uh, it's Road Ben. That's about all. That's all I think I need to add. Um, it's Jesus not good on the road. Um, Denver, <laughs> Kansas City. Um, I'm going. I'm going Kansas City. Um, I think Denver sticks with Simeon. Uh, another game too long. He craps the bed, and uh, we don't <laughs> see Simeon again after this. Yeah, no, this was my lock of the week. I think Kansas City beats up Denver. I'm excited to watch it. I think our one of our friends will be very happy with the results of this game. <laughs> um, uh, this, Josh, if you're listening, uh, we got your back. <laughs> there was one injury I did want to bring up, and that uh, from I mentioned the J.J. Watt injury sort of being overrated. There's one that's a little underrated, and that is the uh, Jason Peters injury to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. Him going down, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to lose to the Niners. They're still going to win. But that is a big blow uh, to that offensive line. He is playing phenomenal. There are lots of stats out there that will tell you that when he's not on the team, they're like a 500 team or worse than when he's on the pro caliber. That's going to create some problems, especially in the future against Dallas, who is probably going to be contending with him for that division. Yeah, I I feel you there, like I said, against San Francisco, who's just so bad on defense. Like <laughs> yeah. you said, it won't matter. But in the future, yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, so, all right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to chime in with before we uh, call it? No, I think that just about sums it up at this point. All right. So um, thank you um, to anyone who's listening um, to our very first attempt at recording this. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll try to shorten them up a bit, maybe do – more frequent shorter shows but you know this is our, our first go at it but hopefully we provided some um helpful stuff um you know maybe some strategy you know when you're looking at you know, waiver pickups and everything um and hopefully this uh info helps you uh beat some of those scrubs in your league <laughs> yeah good luck on your fantasy team this year mm-hmm. um we'll be uh Maybe tuning in um, later in the week of the DFS show, but if not, we will be back again in a week to tell you some more good stuff.